Hello, you beautiful soul. Welcome to the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel Varga, the beauty side of Beauty and the Biohacker. If you would like to pick my brain as to all the wonderful ways that we can optimize your skin and rejuvenation journey, book your one-on-one with me. If you would like to work with Katie to optimize your sleep and biohacking journey, book a one-on-one with Katie. You can learn more about booking with us in the show notes of this episode or head on over to beautyandthebiohacker.com and you can find our one-on-one booking links there. Be sure to use promo code BB15 for 15% off of your one-on-one session with Katie or I. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode right here on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast with my fabulous co-host, Katie Type A and myself, Rachel Varga. So I'm the beauty side of Beauty and the Biohacker here. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm so grateful to have you joining us. I am a board certified aesthetic nurse specialist in the space of rejuvenation and anti-aging with nearly 20,000 procedures under my belt. Actually, it might be over 20K now. And 10 years in the industry. I write academic articles in the space of aesthetic medicine nursing and also am an executive board member for the Plastic Surgical Nursing Journal. So not just a, you know, a, you know, expert in the space of, of wellness, but also in the uh, very much intertwined in the research side of all of this cool stuff. And we have Katie here also. Yes. And Rachel, you really have the beauty and the brains, as they would say. Um, but I am the biohacking side of Beauty and the Biohacker. I am constantly testing out new products by all things biohacking tech on my channel, Katie Type A. I have been really involved in this kind of world of self-experimentation for over three years now. I do consultations with people on how to improve your sleep. And I'm just so excited to be here. And we're talking about a very interesting topic today that, you know, I think we both are kind of coming from two different worlds and we're trying to meet in the middle somewhere. So um, I'm so excited to explore this idea of what's really missing in the biohacking space because it can be very technical. I agree. Definitely. And before we get any further, be sure to hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel, Beating the Biohacker, and also subscribe on the podcast. And don't forget to hit that bell, bell notification <laughs> so that you know when we go live and we when we have new content out. And be sure to get on our newsletter at beautyandthebiohacker.com where you will get the latest and greatest from us that we actually aren't sharing for anywhere else for free mm-hmm. online. Some right. special discounts, guys. Oh, so you wanna goodness. yeah, you wanna you wanna keep that that locked and loaded and on the DL. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So what I've kind of noticed is lacking in the biohacking world is an understanding of how we can bolster our etheric health, right? So we have our physical bodies and then we have these energy bodies around us, and there's various different layers to that. And would you agree, Katie, that typically biohacking devices are tracking more of our physical body? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is, there's a slippery slope. It's like, it, there are definitely devices that, you know, can kind of go down that realm. I mean, I just experimented with one that basically uses magnetic frequencies to sort of alter your brainwave states in a way. So it's like very niche and kind of fringe technology. But for the most part, I'd say 
you know, and this is kind of a, a funny, like, you know, sort of um, uh, oxymoron, so to speak, but it's like the mainstream biohacking, or if, if mainstream biohacking exists, are your aura rings, your whoop bands, your, you know, um, mattress covers, your smart watches, like there's red there's light a, therapy. Red light therapy. Exactly. So, I mean, there, the, the category of biohacking can be, it can, can encompass so much, but then I think it really comes down to like different segments of biohacking. So for me on my channel, I primarily am tar, I'm really reaching out to the masses. So I'm trying to, you know, find and test things that I think have a wide appeal. And to be completely honest, the more fringe niche woo woo stuff just doesn't really sit well with a lot of people yet myself included i'm a little bit on the fence about this stuff and i you know and we can certainly unpack why but i haven't really short of like having an emf kind of protecting um cover on my bed i haven't even really explored that world yet so no. i'm a little reserved on that front all right well if you have ever seen those crazy people going in the ocean here in canada to get their cold water therapy in they're going in salt water and through photography and different types of, of energetic sort of like testing, we do have devices that are able to basically look at the structure of energy and heat around our physical body. And one of the things that you could maybe start doing is take more, you know, Himalayan salt baths or getting in the ocean because apparently the salt helps to kind of clear any uh, issues around our physical body, which is really cool. And also if you're bathing in magnesium, it's a great way to also allow that magnesium to be integrated into your body through your skin. So that's kind of like one sort of, you know, physical slash also etheric type of biohacking tip that's really easy to do. It's free for the most part, especially if you have ocean around you. And then you got to stack those biohacks, right? Do your Wim mm -hmm. Hof breathing while you're in it. I like to watch the sunset. In fact, this evening, I'm going to go to the beach, go in the ocean myself, seven minutes up to my jawline and catch the sunset and get that sun gazing in at the same time. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to play a little like devil's advocate and kind of point counterpoint because I think, you know, to our listeners, first of all, Rachel and I agree on so much. Like we are both dialed into the health space and taking care of ourselves, looking good on the inside and, and outside. So, and we're both Virgos. So, you know, typically Virgos tend to be a little bit more reserved and restrained about like, I want to see the data. I want to, you know, I want to prove science. Uh, in order to kind of believe something. And Rachel, you are so much more open-minded, but you've also been dialed into kind of this, you know, ethereal um, space a little bit longer than me. I'm sort of just kind of getting my feet wet, so to speak. So we're kind of coming from two different angles. Now, I watch a lot of really nerdy science shows, and I'm sure you do too. But like, for instance, one of the things that I really thought was a biohack and I kept around my house and I know you have one too is a Himalayan salt salt lamp. And then I watched in every room. Right. And I have and air purifiers. <laughs> yes. I I'm not I'm not discrediting air purifiers, but I have an issue with Himalayan salt lamps. And I I have one in my bathroom, but it's mainly just as like a night light. Night light yeah. But there's this all this like, you know, all these claims about like this negative ion, you know, production that's happening from these salt lamps. And then I watched this amazing video 
on YouTube by this um, producer whose name is Barry Tassium, and he is like a science junkie. And so he basically demythified this idea by actually taking these salt lamps to a lab and looking at the amount of ions being produced. And it was like nothing. And so I, you know, I, it's moments like those that I feel really downtrodden about a lot of this stuff, because I'm like, if you can't prove it to me in some physical or concrete way, like, I don't know if I'm just going to believe that it's helping clear my auras or whatnot. Like, I, maybe I'm not even. But you can measure that. You can actually measure the integrity of your aura through photography. But I am with you that I don't necessarily believe that having Himalayan rock salt lamps plugged in your room do change the ions in your air. Yeah. Or maybe we just don't have the sophisticated technology to detect it. But I'm pretty sure we do. Called spectrophotometers. That's a big mm -hmm. word. But definitely bathing in salt and being immersed in salt, especially magnesium, we do know that that is a great way to kind of bolster up your magnesium levels in your body. Mm -hmm. And I and I know that for you know I I don't discredit that, and we you, you can find research papers on that. But I guess that's my point is like without the data to back up stuff, like why should I believe it to be true? You know, I and even with and I'll take an example from my own channel, like I used a device that was, you know, supposed to emanate magnetic frequencies to basically help you, you know, achieve a state of calmness or, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the, this modulation of your brain frequencies. Well, I used it on myself. I tested my heart rate. I tested my brain waves, like nothing changed. And so I'm not saying that the device might not work for some people, but I'm also just like questioning the sensitivity that people have towards certain, you know, aspects of, you know, like magnetic frequencies or, you know, so like how sensitive do you have to be in order for some of these things to actually impact you on a day-to-day -day basis? I'd actually seen someone post on their social media. And of course, when we see posts, you guys have to use your wise discernment. You never know if these posts are fabricated. But anyways, what this post said was in like 2005, the CDC had made a statement that about five to eight percent of the population were severely sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies. So, you know, fast forward 15 years later, I wonder what those statistics might be now. I know for me, I'm highly sensitive to with basically most of my my senses, but in particular, I feel like EMFs is a big thing for me. So for me, I have to go by feel. And I will say that some of the experiences that I've had with neurofeedback, I actually know the founder of NeuroOptimal, which is a neurofeedback device. And we should surely actually have Sue on the show here. She's created an incredible device that, you know, one at one instance, I didn't have time to take a day off to go into the woods, you know, three hours into the road, into the backwoods in my Jeep and, you know, get that grounding. And so I, I rang her up and I said, hey, can I do a session with you? And I actually felt like I had a similar effect. I've also had similar effects with neurofeedback and other, uh, I can't remember the device that I had had a session with, but it, you basically wear glasses, there's flashing lights, you're listening to some audio. I had a similar experience through acupuncture, actually, mm. just to kind of like drop you in. And so I, th I think that you don't always have to use technology to hack your state and make you more receptive to other things seen or unseen. There are, you know, thousands of years old practices that are great at doing the same thing.
Now, let me ask you, Rachel, what do you experience physically or even mentally when you're exposed to high levels of EMFs? I'd probably say agitation is probably Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. I feel like I kind of lose sense of being grounded or even, uh, you know, maybe I don't feel like I have as much sovereignty over myself. So grounding is really key for me to just kind of release everything mm-hmm. and empty and recharge so that I can show up and continue to do this work. And a lot of, you know, I do a lot of heavy, deep psychological work on myself. I have for the last 10 years. And that's why I love to add a little bit of like the body, mind, spirit, energy side to health optimization. We only see 3D, right? That's how we've been created is to navigate this world in that type of perspective with the five senses. So imagine what is unseen. And we know that there are things unseen. The Large Hadron Collider a couple of years ago was able to basically isolate the quote unquote God particle, which is the Higgs boson field. And what's really cool, and if you don't know what the LHC is, this is the largest thing humans have ever made. They smash particles together. They have sophisticated detectors. They see what happens. And through that piece of technology, again, the biggest thing humans have ever made, they were able to basically know and prove that there is a connective field that looks like a neural network between each particle. So basically us here right now, we're actually connected through this field on to something on the other side of the universe. Mm. That is fascinating. And I certainly need to like do my research and brush up on this because I that was a lot of a lot of stuff. And I, I'm trying to unpack it. And of course, like the first question I have is like, okay, so what is it connecting us to? And like, how will we know? Will we ever know? Do we have to know? You know, like, these are the kind of questions that like first pop in my head. But I think there's there, there was something interesting that happened to me the other day. And I, I feel like I should just bring it up because I, I think you might actually have a good take on it. So I I have a lot of coincidences happen to me in my life, random like acts of just like, that was so strange that that happened at that exact time. And I, part of me is just like, it's a coincidence. And then part of me is like, maybe there's some other divine force. Maybe it's a synchronicity. Maybe it's a synchronicity. Exactly. And so my question, and I'm going to turn it back to you. Cause I, I sort of look at you as, as much more, um, you know, educated in this field and, and grad you've graduated into like the, the spiritual hacking side of this. And I'm still (laughs) such a novice. So what, what do you make of things like that? And, and, you know, are these coincidences that happen and, you know, um, yeah, I guess let's just unpack that a little bit. Like how much data do we actually need versus how much, you know, can we kind of let live in the ether and just believe in the unbelief, you know? (laughs) Did you know that like attracts like? Mm Mm-hmm. So if you are vibrating at a specific frequency of fear or anxiety, you're going to bring more of that in. And that can be on this level and also other levels and planes as well. And if you are more resonating with that gratitude, joy, love, vibration and frequency, you're going to bring more of that in. And when you just start to open your eyes and look at some of the coincidences that might be happening around you, this is really key. When you are considering doing psychological or spiritual development, it is advised that you work with someone who can help you navigate this area of your life and offer protection and help do things that are in your highest good 
at the right time in just the right way. So that is definitely my biggest takeaway for everybody tuning in is that I would, I would advise to uh, do some work with, with people who this is what they do. They're very knowledgeable. And I have to say a lot of the, um, some of the biohacking tech out there, I have had people say that they had uh, influences that are a little woo. And I think that's, that's really cool. Like if you think of Nikola Tesla and Albert Einstein, like where did they get these downloads from? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So I'm going to turn this again on its head and I'm going to talk about the, the resonating of energy, right? Like, couldn't you argue that that's just your, like, that, that you're controlling that, like it's all in your brain. So like naturally you're going to be attracted to people who are kind of feeling the same way. So it's like, you're really in control. And this is again, the biohacking part of me. It's like, well, if I say today, I'm going to have a good day. And I'm like reassuring this with myself. And that's my sense of identity. Then yes, I'm going to look for other people that are kind of attracted to that. Right. And, and that are meeting that for me, I'm not going to be looking in a different direction. So how much of this is like the energy aspect that you're putting in or how much of it is like the mental factor or is it a combination of both? Why would they be disconnected? Hmm. They would be connected, right? It's like body, mind, spirit, energy. They're disconnected if you allow them to be disconnected. But if you mm -hmm. harmonize them and are doing things to support everything, then I mean, that's what I've kind of started to kind of unpack with what radiance is. It's an awareness and an understanding and a care for all of those different aspects of us, not just the physicality, which is where I think biohacking right now is kind of falling short, but there's a lot of really cool people out there that are making some pretty sweet, innovative technologies to make these other aspects of our wellness that would be considered maybe woo, a little bit more scientific. And mm -hmm. the discovery of the Higgs boson particle field is, is basically proving this is like, this is hard science here that there is a neural web that can, not neural web, but there's a cosmic web potentially. Well, not potentially it's been proven that connects all of us. Right. So we can access things, you know, immediately. And the LHC is actually getting fired back up again this year. Mm. So who knows what human evolution, you know, physics, life changing human you know, upgrading information is going to be determined through that, that we might hear about, or we might not hear about. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to take this conversation in just a tiny little bit of a different direction and talk a little bit about actually something controversial that I've witnessed somewhat controversial in the uh, biohacking space. And that is the kind of the use of plant medicine and psychedelics to actually immerse yourself into this world of spirit hacking. Right. So, you know, I, I haven't personally, you know, I cannot speak to, to what the, you know, experiences are. I can only tell you what I've learned from listening to others who have done ayahuasca journeys. But to me, it seems like that is kind of the, you know, bio, a lot of biohackers have done this. So maybe the biohacking um, alternative route to shortcut some of the work that needs to be done in, in preparation for this to achieve that state of higher being. Would you agree with that? You know, do you think it's like some, I mean, obviously this is a very controversial subject, so I know we have to kind of dip our toes in here, but like, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I'm doing this because I want to basically get all of the, uh, 
experience of like seven years of meditation in jam packed into like a three hour session. Right. But it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Well, I'll share, you know, anecdotally what I've seen some of my clients experience after having underwent ayahuasca ceremonies. I'm not saying I'm yay or nay for it, or I, I mean, I haven't done any work with psychedelics and things like that, but I have seen a pretty profound shift in some of my clients that have underwent it. Also on the flip side, I have seen people who have done, you know, over 15 ceremonies so, and we've heard, you know, people like Dave Asprey say, if you have to do it all the time, like, do you really think it's working for you? And the other aspect to that is, I think maybe before people decide to open them up to anything and everything, because there is all obviously going to be plus minus where we live in duality, benevolent, benevolent. I think that first of all, you really need to kind of actually go within before seeking outwards. So really understanding, okay, what's your spiritual lineage, right? Are you atheist? Are you Christian? Are you, are you Buddhist? Are you Hindu? There's all of these different lineages that have power in them. And where some of us are going to be pulled more in this direction or another direction. So there's a lot of power in understanding maybe what your biggest strength is. And that's actually how I, how I live. I know what lineage I belong to. And I know that that's where, you know, that's where my strength is and comes from. So I personally don't feel right now that doing like a psychedelic plant um, journey medicine experience is in my path, but I can't obviously say that definitively. Mm. I, um, I think you raised a really good point about really understanding your spiritual lineage. And just like for context, like I was raised Catholic, uh, I'm not practicing anymore, but like some of the stuff that I learned as a kid is like so ingrained in me. And yes, there was always like the spirit and that, you know, there's a lot of talk about that, but we never really unpacked what that meant, you know? And so there's a lot, uh, I mean, there's obviously a lot that could be said about, just, you know, the New Testament and some of the things that happened that were somewhat, you know, mystical in nature. And, and you sort of just believe it because that's what you've been told and how you were raised. And, and so it's funny because like, I don't know why I am still so skeptical, even though that is kind of like, it's, that's been dogma in me since I was, you know, baptized, like that you believe in this. And yet part of me is like, but I, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, maybe I was just more impressionable back then and maybe my mindset has changed. So where would you say people should even start on this journey? How do you start to like really unpack kind of what's happened in your past and then how you can really educate yourself on what spiritual lineage you belong to? Yeah. So, so spirituality and religion are two completely different things, right? Mm -hmm. Religion is something that can easily be distorted and have other people's realities and distorted distortions and agendas placed on that. And we mm -hmm. know that in the past there has been manipulation and control around that for various different reasons. So spirituality is something that's very different. Lineage mm -hmm. is something that's different. It goes beyond the 3D distortions that we have. And I think that if you just ask, you will receive right? So if you really truly go within and ask for, for guidance and pray for this and surrender to, you know, whatever you call God and what that might be for you, just maybe start 
there. But if you're someone like my husband, he's like, oh, I don't believe in spirituality or religion. Like his spirituality is exercising and working out and looking after his temple and leading his life in a way that's just right for him, that feels good for him. So it's going to be really different. So I don't think it's really fair for me to say, okay, I do this, you should do it too. Mm-hmm. No, because there's so many different options and avenues to go down. But, um, you know, I've personally been encouraged in my psychological spiritual journey to play to my strengths. And I think that makes a lot of sense for me at this time. Yeah. And I, I mean, you raise obviously a very valid point. It's going to look so different from everyone. Um, but like, maybe you could just talk a little bit about how your own spirituality has really evolved Like, were you always like this since you were a kid? Have you always kind of had a curious mind? Were you ever doubtful of some of your spirit energies? Like, I just would love for you to kind of walk me through what that looked like. It's been actually a really neat journey, kind of like unpacking. And so it's like, why am I here, right? Why did I come to this fantastic earth to be in this amazing body on this beautiful planet and get to connect with all of you tuning in on the show and you, Katie, here asking me these questions that, you know, nobody's really ever asked me. I will share that my great grandmother was actually the second female ordained minister in Canada. Um, And then beyond that, I had ancestors from the UK come over here that were involved in some things that I don't necessarily feel like was within my lineage. So I've kind of had an understanding of uh, a couple of different aspects uh, in my heritage and ancestry. And I was raised in a very loving home. And yes, we, you know, we did go to church and that felt really good for me. And as I've kind of gone on through my life and looked at kind of like the science of how we really are connected and, and how, you know, maybe potentially people can just view things that might be helpful for them and their own unique interpretations. So there's been a little bit more of like a oneness. And I, I really feel like if you have the mindset that we're all connected, it's like when we're good to us, we're good to others. And when we're good to others, we're good to us. I think having that understanding and maybe starting from there and knowing that if you are having some really challenging times in your life, that, you know, there's probably some pretty sweet things out there that are happy to help you out and, you know, really take off that load of, you know, just being able to surrender and pray and meditate and, and all of that. There's a lot of really great support out there that I pull from, and I'm sure lots of other people feel the same way, but maybe some people don't, and there's nothing wrong with that. How much of your life would you say, like, you know, weeks at a glance, would you, do you devote to doing some of this kind of spiritual work and spiritual journey. Like I know you disconnect completely on Sundays and go into the woods to really meditate and do grounding and hiking. But like, would you say this is a daily thing for you? Or I mean, can you even quantify it? I'm sure that's really hard too. (laughs) Definitely. I have my kind of like grounding clearing practice that I do morning and evening. And then sometimes I'll do it throughout the day as well. And I'm always just kind of observing interactions and what people are saying to me and what I'm picking up from them, whether you call that ESP or who knows what. Um, I think that over the last couple of months, there's definitely been some changes in our reality. If you look back on 2020, there were huge moments of division And uh, for my understanding with some of the people that I work with is that there's actually like rifts in our reality right now, which Mm -hmm. is um, basically kind of instigating this disconnect 
in certain places of the world. And then in others, you know, the, the grid sleigh lines reality, it's still pretty stable. So in those types of countries, you're going to see more of like a cohesivity within the collective. And I, it's really interesting some of the things I've been kind of hearing in the background over the last little while and following and and it kind of makes sense to me. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of seen and unseen things that happen. And if we can integrate a little bit, maybe more of that personal spiritual awareness and practice in the biohacking world and stack that with our physical biohacking modalities, isn't that kind of like the ideal dream? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's basically where the future is going, right? Like eventually we are going to have, you know, access to tools that will help us go drop into flow states, right? Help us be able to communicate with people so much more efficiently and more effectively, like using mind control. Like I know this sounds crazy right now, but it's going to happen. We're going to have bathrooms that are basically going to give us a readout of our, yeah, of like every metric that we need to focus on with a yep. pre-programmed like dietary recommendation for the day. Like That's what they do for astronauts, guys. Like yeah, I mean this is this is where we're headed, and I'm I think we're kind of for forward thinking and like knowing that this is probably in the next decade or so, maybe less. Um, I think like for me, and I I am certainly not an expert on this field, but I know you know a little actually a lot more than me on this. I think the the involve the um, inclusion of space is going to play and what we discover in on other planets and um and our just our relationship to not to mention the energetics of other planets based right. on the minerals ores magnetic fields, gravitational pulls, we are energetic beings, every connection in our body and message in our body stems from ionic interactions. Mm -hmm. So if you're to take a human, maybe put them on Mars, we might behave differently. I mean, that actually would be a completely plausible postulation mm -hmm. to suggest that if you take us and put us somewhere else, we're going to behave differently. I am so excited to see what's going to get unpacked when the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider, or the you know particle accelerator, as some of you might know, which is an intercontinental approach to science and innovation. And also, in case you missed this, SpaceX just actually launched recently the first spacecraft to be powered by Krypton, which is a noble gas. Mm -hmm. And it was discovered, you know, over 100 years ago. And, uh, you know, Elon Musk has basically put a new type of energy into fruition. I think we're going to see a huge advancement of the type of energies that we use, whether that's free energy, uh, moving away from fossil fuels. I personally believe that tech's already available, mm -hmm. but I think we'll start to see that come out. But we have to like look at how we live and choose to support companies that are doing that. And just so you know, that spacecraft that um, was powered by Krypton, this first spacecraft, is actually bringing up, brought up 60 satellites. So now Starlink, which is uh, Elon Musk's company, has 1,060 satellites in a lower orbit. You can see this on starlink.com. And basically once he gets to 1,400, he's able to launch a new type of internet and it's actually currently being beta tested. Why Whoa. isn't that in the news? Hello, this is huge. Like, I wanna, so 
I wanted to unpack that just a little bit because I want to talk about 5G and what is the implication that that's going to have? Because, okay, so this, yeah, I've been reading up on this. You've shared some links with me. My uh, my understanding of what that's going to do atmospherically is very limited. Do you have any insight on how those satellites are actually going to be sending frequencies down to planet Earth? And what is that actually going to do to our you know, energy parallel down here. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking more about people and 5g and all of those that, you know, EMFs basically. So like, what do you know so far from your research? Sure. So I think it was a year and a half ago, I was at a conference in Calgary, which is in, in Canada. It was a huge, um, aesthetic rejuvenation, you know, conference talking about rejuvenation and Calgary had some forest fires happening. 5g had just started to roll out. So here I go from, you know, the island I live on to Calgary. I felt like shite. I was anxious. I felt totally out of sorts. In fact, I called up, um, you know, actually her name's Steph Lane. She's helped me with my messaging. And funnily enough, coincidental, who knows? She was actually in town. So we were able to connect and just kind of get grounded. I, I really feel like that was the first time I actually got, you know, got off a plane and got immersed in 5G and I felt awful. So, so coming back to the question, are you, are you worried that with the, you know, um, proliferation of all of these new satellites that that's actually going to have a larger impact, like a war widespread impact on the world? We don't know. I don't think that anyone could potentially give you a definitive message for that. So they are at lower orbit. And one of the benefits of Starlink is that, say, for example, I had a cabin up in Timbuktu, I could get internet mm. because it's not hardline, it's through satellite. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of crazy <laughs> that yeah. that will be able to be accessed. And I look forward to kind of unpacking how that will work, like kind of like a sat phone, but for internet, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you're looking at biohacking, I think it's really key to understand that it's important to also recognize that you should be biohacking your environment around you, both the seen and unseen. Yeah, I mean, I just as a, a quick aside, like I when I was traveling um, for some family stuff uh, in the past few months, I was, you know, at one point staying in a mold toxic EMF laden home, I woke up with what felt like the worst hangover of my entire life, like migraine, I never get migraines. And it was a combination of pollution and just like, my high sensitivity to like so many electric gadgets, nothing grounded. Like we at least try to ground things in our home and we, you know, we're, we're safe about that. But like every, like the electricity coming out of this house was just insane. And I, I did experience some of that and I felt awful for like a couple of days after. So, and then, and what's crazy is like, even being in New York, which was where I grew up when I go back to New York, and I'm staying with my mom who has like a smart meter next to her, you know, apartment complex and there's a TV on and like all of these electric devices. I feel not great. And then I come back here and I'm like, why do I feel so amazing? And it's so I think you are finally kind of like digging at something with me with the environment thing where it there is a lot going on, you know, um, in me, you know, on a physical, but I think also like maybe a little bit of that kind of energy level too. Um, 
So that, that's kind of my takeaway. And yes, I do want to explore this a little bit more. When I actually was in New York, I think it was last year, I was teaching a, a couple of providers on some of my aesthetic practices, which is really fun. I kind of did a tour from New York to California and did lots of teaching and presenting and stuff like that. And so I was going to New York initially for a conference, and then I was uh, doing trainings after that. And I thought for sure I wasn't going to feel great in New York, but I actually felt freaking awesome. And I went into Times Square with one of my girlfriends. The energy there was like palpable. I felt really, really good. And this surprised me. So I think that maybe I didn't feel very good in Calgary, maybe Mm -hmm. because of the forest fire smoke. Maybe because they just rolled out 5G and it was my first time feeling that. Or maybe it's just the energetics and also the soil and the ores and the minerals that is under Calgary. And then when I went to New York, it was kind of like maybe underneath the ground, there's different ores, right? I've heard lots of people say that New York is actually sitting on a certain type of of ore. But I felt awesome. I mean, that's just because New York is so fun. And if you're not like, oh, I have an I love New York mug. Coincidence? Hmm? But let me <laughs> let me let me say one thing about New York. Um, and I, if you are a former New Yorker, or if you are a tr- like and still a New Yorker listening to this, like I love New York yeah. with all my heart. I will always identify myself as a New Yorker till the day I die. However, there was a part of the energy that was exciting to you that gets draining over time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I was, you know, kind of, um, the, that was my impulse sort of for moving to a different coast and a different sort of, um, you know, kind of more relaxed environment. It was just so hustle and bustle all the time. It's great if you're like trying to achieve something over like two days. It's exhausting when you're just like trying to get through, you know, your your Monday and you're just like oh my god there's so many people and there's so because think about it like you talked about this all the energies you have a lot of happy and angry and you know you've got um like a bubble of just so much going on that it's actually hard to like unpack sometimes and you're like I just want to be like alone right now <laughs> yeah I mean all last evening I was just like sorry hubby I'm just gonna listen to some meditation music put on my juke light and just kind of go within for all evening so I think that the long and short of this episode here we're gonna wrap things up here what's missing in the biohacking world I think is an understanding and awareness of you know how we can heal and bolster up things like our auras which has been proven in photography you can just google this right ct scans also work on magnetic resonance and mris magnetic resonance imagery so we have these pieces of technologies available you just Mm -hmm. kind of have to seek it out but i uh, i look forward to continuing to encourage each and every one of you to explore different areas and then katie you bringing your info your information on know device reviews and stuff like that is really cool but also a final point that i'm going to make is when we pay attention to caring for our body mind spirit energy your body will be functioning at its peak performance right everything's going to be balanced your skin's going to have less inflammation you're going to have more of that glow and radiance to your skin it's so true i mean it's so well said and i think just give it a little bit more time and we will start to kind of see some of these devices emerge with 
coupled with some more of the kind of data observations and clinical trials around it that I think a lot of skeptics are going to be looking for. So I'll keep my eyes peeled. You know, I'll be one of the first to do a review and I will report back with you with you on all of my findings. Thanks everybody for tuning into this episode right here on Beating the Biohacker. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you know when we go live. Get on the newsletter at beautyandthebiohacker.com so that you know when we go live, it's just this little pop-up. We'll give you some information on the latest and greatest. Feel free to reach out to me directly for a one-on-one call for skin health optimization for what you can do at home and in the clinic. And if you're a fellow provider, you know, please reach out, send us an email at info at beautyandthebiohacker.com and ways to reach out to Katie and I uh, through our both personal one-on-one sessions are all listed there.